my wonderful friends, welcome to Faith FM Drive Time. Welcome to Big Q&A. This is the show where we respond to difficult questions concerning God and faith, contemporary religion and the Bible. This is the show where we look at world religious trends in the light of Bible prophecy. I'm Pastor Gary, a minister to the Brighton Seventh-day Adventist Church in the beautiful city of Adelaide. I'm also your host every Tuesday and Wednesday on Drive Time. Uh, Thank you so much for joining with us. It's really wonderful to be able to have you uh, to share with us. Uh, It's such a fantastic uh, time uh, to be able to think about what the Word of God is actually saying today. This week, uh, we're looking at the Bible and contemporary world religious trends. And today, we're asking what impact has culture had on the church's understanding of sin and salvation? Now, that is a, that is an amazing question. That is a question uh, that has truly challenged so many people. Uh, so many don't realize, however, that uh, survey results have really challenged the thinking of many Christian leaders on this particular issue. Uh, this, is, this is the issue that we're going to be talking about, we're going to be dealing with today. Today, our co-host is uh, Lindy Sperry. Now, uh, Lindy is the prayer ministries leader, the women's ministries leader, and the resource centre manager for the Seventh-day Adventist Church here in South Oz. Welcome to you, Lindy. Hello, Pastor Gary. How are you? I'm really good. It is fantastic uh, to have you with us. Thank you very much. I I feel very privileged to be here. I may not be like Pastor David Butcher, but I'm certainly going to do my best today. Uh, I I tell you what, I've got no doubt uh, that you will do... Uh, equally as well as what uh, Pastor, Pastor David, of course, today uh, is actually on holidays. This is uh, school holiday time, and we really wish uh, uh, David and Megan and the family a fantastic time. They've got two weeks off, and I hope it's an incredible, restful time uh, for them. He's a really, a really good bloke. But uh, look, tell us, Lindy, how do you fit in all of those jobs? I mean, prayer ministries leader, you've got women's ministries leader, a resource centre manager. How do you do all that? It's interesting. Apparently, women, Pastor Gary, have a different way of their brains functioning and everything's sort of Ah, uh, Now, I've heard this before somewhere. Where have I heard this before? <laughs> Where for men, apparently, uh, they have little boxes, so it's a bit different. So, yeah, everything's sort of connected. I love all the roles. They work quite well together because I love books about prayer and I love w- books about women's ministry. And so I just sometimes have to remember to just try to do one thing at a time. Yeah. One yeah. thing at a time. And it, I have other roles Besides those three that sort of fit in around. Well, you've got more of the, more roles. Well, I'm, I do the hospital chaplaincy for our country members that come into the city, and it's not a really busy role, but I do that as well. So yeah. all of those roles, I really enjoy them all. It's fantastic, and I feel blessed to do to do them. But I sometimes just need to say, "Hold on, Lindy, just slow it down a little bit, and one thing at a time." Yeah, yeah, that's so important. Look, Lindy, what does a prayer ministries leader? Because that's the one that particularly interests me. What what does a prayer ministry's leader actually do? I mean, do you pray for so many hours a day? I mean, how do you lead in prayer? It's it's really a role that is encouraging our people in our churches to take prayer more seriously and so to talk to them about, you know, that there's power in prayer, to 
encourage the leaders that are encouraging prayer in the churches to step up as well and come up with prayer breakfasts and other initiatives that remind us that prayer is so important. I also do have a prayer meeting that we run and I do pray with people and I send out sometimes some information that is encouraging folk to, to, you know, to really take prayer seriously. So in other words, what you're doing is keeping prayer very much central focus to, uh, uh, to certainly our church and to those that you come in contact with because I, I'm really sure, I'm really, um, aware that it is really easy in the busyness of life, uh, even in, uh, churches, dare I say it, uh, to be so tied up in various programs uh, that you actually allow prayer to fall into the background. It's a shame because really that's where the power is. And if our people can understand about coming together corporately as well as their own personal prayer lives, they'll have power in their life that they won't normally have. Wow. I, I want to come to this one, actually, because I'm I'm really conscious. In fact, let me bring you to our World Watch segment because our World Watch segment is actually an article that I picked up. Uh, it was released just two days ago in one of the uh, Christian news services in the in the U.K., and uh, this particular article particularly took my attention because it was t- entitled 18 to 34-year-olds are more likely to pray than over 55s a survey finds. Now, this this to me sort of jumped out at me because it wasn't what I was expecting uh, to actually read. Now, I'd really be interested in your feedback on some of the uh, some of the issues that are actually uh, raised in this particular survey. This is what it says: a new survey by uh, a Savanta Com uh, Research has revealed that fifty one percent of young adults pray. At least once a month. Now, to me, that strikes me as not very often compared to 24% of those aged 55 who pray once per month. Now, Lindy, just, just tell me, do you have any idea of how frequently do Christians, um, how frequently do they pray? I mean, are they, are they regular at the prayer habit? I mean, to me, I, 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 this survey, you know, they're sort of picking up on people who pray more than once a month, but I, uh, I sort of look at that and say, hey, that doesn't appear to be, uh, a vibrant, uh, prayer life. What's your thinking? Well, if we want to maintain a relationship with our friends or with our parents or with our partners or with our, fr- you know, relatives, once a month isn't probably going to cut it. If you want to have a really strong, intimate relationship with someone, you're probably not going to just talk with them or share with them just once a month. It's going to be more often, particularly when you first fall in love. You want to talk to them all the time. And so I'm asking myself, the disparity between the younger people are praying more than the older people is interesting in itself. Mm -hmm. And so... There's a lot of questions here for me, Pastor Gary, and if you get me started on this... No, no, please, keep going, keep well, going. Well, first of all, who are they praying to? That's my first question. We're going to come to that one in just a moment. Let's, right. just, let's come to that in a moment. What other questions have you got? Well, the other questions are that, you know, where are the young people getting the information or the knowledge that, that they should be praying? 
or that they could pray? Mm. Is that coming from their family? Is that coming from their background? What is prompting them to pray? And with the older people, why are they praying or a lot less of them are actually praying at all? Because this is actually the opposite of what certainly I would have expected because normally, Mm. uh, certainly in most of the surveys I've actually seen, uh, people who are older, uh, the older generation tends to be more committed to a prayer habit than those who are those who are younger. Well, you think about the the population in your church, the graphics there, the demographics, I should say. You've probably got more older people than you've got in that younger age group. Yeah, and so you would be expecting that those people are praying regularly or praying at least some of the time. Yeah, and yet these figures give a completely different picture, which yeah. I'm, I'm yeah. very surprised. And, about. and we're going to come to why in just a moment because I think there is an answer to it, and I think you touched on it just uh, and just previously. But you know, to me, I really loved the analogy that you did actually use there about you know speaking to the to the Lord once a month. You know, I mean, somebody that you fall in love with, somebody that you you know you need to be able to communicate with them on a really on a daily basis you know and, and this is something that I'm, I'm so conscious that uh, certainly in the in the Christian church and certainly in my own church you know the the importance we, we've just had an, at our church we had a what we called a week of prayer it was a really incredible time because uh, I mean we have about 80 or 90 people um, uh, many uh, many weeks at uh, at church and uh, uh, we had uh, during this week of prayer we met every night just to spend time primarily in prayer. Yes, we did a little devotional as well, but it's time in prayer. And, you know, to be able to just share together. I know I've had the, the privilege of being involved in uh, online prayer groups. I find those incredibly powerful. Um, yeah, yeah. Look, look. let's just keep, keep going with this article, though. Um, um, it also found, this is this uh, survey, uh, that they, this is young people, are more likely to attend church, with 49% saying they attend church at least once a month, which again, I would suggest is not all that regularly, compared with under a fifth of those, or 16%, of those aged 55 and over. This survey was commissioned by the Eternal Wall of Answered Prayer. Now, this is a, a new project that's being launched in the uh, in the UK, and it's surveyed and sampled uh, 2,075 UK adults aged 18 and over. Richard Gamble, founder of the Eternal Wall of Answered Prayer, and this is a, a big monument that's been constructed, um, said, despite the narrative that the UK is growing secular a growing secular society, it's becoming increasingly clear that there's actually a growing spirituality in the nation. Then he went on to say this, if younger generations are exploring faith and spirituality online and in non-traditional ways, it shouldn't be a matter of debate, but should be encouraged and embraced. Now, this is something that, uh, to me, I, I, you know, I've got, Question marks. I mean, what would be your input on this? Well, I know that in society today there's, there is encouragement to explore any type of spirituality. But I don't know about you, Gary, but I have a quite a nice new car. Mm-hmm. And if I've got a problem with that car, I want to go to the manufacturer, not somebody else who knows nothing about it. Okay. And so if I want to pray, I want to pray to the God who created me. Yeah, because he's going to hear me. He's going to know me. We're going to have a, a, a two-way relationship. So my question is, who are they praying to? Uh, is you know you've said here is any prayer better than no prayer? And I don't know. 
I would think that if we're praying, we need to pray to God. To the God Creator, of heaven. Yeah, God yeah. of heaven. And in fact, it's interesting. If you look at the Lord's Prayer, you know, our Father, Jesus actually instructs us how to pray. He says, okay. our Father, who are we to direct our prayers to? Well, it's our Heavenly Father. And you know, I'm so conscious. I don't know how you're finding it, but certainly I've been in ministry now almost coming up for 40 years very soon. I can't believe I've been in ministry that, that long. <laughs> uh, but you know, increasingly I'm noticing that there is a real new age type spirituality that is increasingly impacting, uh, the Christian churches, and it's it's almost as though you know. So long as I say say a uh, a prayer to to, to to somebody out there, it the doesn't universe, to the universe, universe out there mm-hmm. that that's actually an accept. And yet, within the scriptures, the thing that really jumps out at me is you get this. Uh, you know, you get well, Christ teaching. You know, when you pray, he teaches us how to pray. When you pray, he says in Matthew six, mm. um, what I want you to do is pray. Our Father. He doesn't say, hey, I want you to pray to one of a multitude of gods out there, but rather, I want you to talk to that one who already does actually love you. You know, I one love God. One God. So, so you could, that's been your experience? Well, I think that when I talk to other people, I do hear them say, and I, I notice on an As- Asperger's website on Facebook that they talk about the universe and somebody will express their concerns in life and someone will say, I'm sending you light and love. Well, they're talking about the created rather than the, the creator. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't know about you, Pastor uh, that's Gary, but powerful. I want to have relationship with the creator. Yeah, no, that's good. Created. That's good. Okay, let's go. The survey just finished up. The survey also revealed that some 38% of young people were more likely than other age groups to believe their prayers would be answered compared to 22% of those aged 55 and over. Now, this question of answered prayer is always a big one. Now, Lindy, you're the prayer ministries leader of, uh, you know, the Seventh Adventist Church here in South Oz. Now, does God in your experience, does God answer prayer? Absolutely. Absolutely. But I think we sometimes don't understand what prayer is really all about. You know, Jesus' disciples, they wanted to know about prayer and he told them how to pray, but he also went through some other aspects. He said they needed to ask, seek and knock for the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. So, Pastor Gary, the prayers that I pray that are prompted by the Holy Spirit are very different from the prayers that Lindy says, oh, I think I'll just pray for this or I'll pray for that. But when he inspires us to pray, they're his prayers, they're powerful, and that we reap benefits. And, you know, it says that some of the older people didn't see their prayers answered. I think sometimes they wander away from God, they become a bit cynical, and perhaps their prayers aren't really in line with what God Have you experienced answered prayer yourself? So many times, Pastor Gary, so many times. I've seen the Lord step in and, you know, change the relationship that I have with my daughter through prayer. I've seen the Lord step in and bring healing to my body when I'm suffering in in some particular Mm. aspect. Mm. I've seen the Lord step in and bring miraculous healing to other people. Wow. Uh, recently we anointed a lady. She might even be listening and she's experienced amazing healing. And so have I seen it? Absolutely. And praise God, because guess what? It's all about him, not me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and that's certainly the, the incredible reality, isn't it? You know, as, as I sort of look at this, this subject of prayer, uh, to me, this is the, this is the, this is the power source 
for all of the Christian experience. You actually can't function, I don't find, as a Christian unless you are actually praying. You know, I find it's uh, those times, you know, when I spend time early in the morning, you know, this morning, I mm-hmm. spent time, I spent time in prayer and uh, to be able to pray for the needs of the day. But what I find is that this actually brings a, a peace, a, a peace and a clarity and a direction. Absolutely. You and know, it gives you power, spiritual power and wisdom and insight when others are coming to you and Perhaps they want to talk to you. They want to share with you. If I've spent that time with the Lord, I then have something to give. Yeah. If I haven't, yeah. I don't have something to give. Just, just tell us, because while we're on this subject, if a person wants to start a prayer habit, yes. how do they do it? <laughs> you know what? They need to pray. <laughs> they need to ask God to help them to start that prayer That's habit. Good. Young mums find it difficult to get up in the morning, yeah. and I used to, but as you get older, perhaps you, you know, your life changes a bit, you're able to. Yeah. But if you say to the Lord, you know, like Susanna Wesley, John Wesley's mum, she would just sit in a chair in the corner, cover her face with the apron, and spend time in the prayer, and the children, she had about 12, and 18 children. I don't know that they all lived. 18 <laughs> children. They just knew to be quiet. So ask the Lord to show you a time when you are most likely to be able to pray to him during the day, in the morning, at night. Don't put that pressure on yourself. It's got to be every morning. Mm. But as you start that prayer time, God will help you work out when and how and, and why. it does actually expand, doesn't it? You know, to me, what I've discovered is that, you know, if a person starts with just two or two or three minutes, uh, what actually occurs is that, you know, you spend, I, I like to actually connect it with a little bit of Bible reading as, yes. as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, sometimes I actually listen to some, you know, Christian music as I'm talking to the hymns of the church. I love, I love being able to, to do that as well. And, uh, uh I find it, it sets up, uh, the time so that when I, you know, it, it takes my thoughts to the throne of God itself, Amen. himself. Amen. Uh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lindy, look, uh, it's time for us to have a have a break. Look, let's come to uh, uh, come to a, a beautiful. It's a I call it a, a modern, a contemporary hymn. It's uh, Michael W. Smith, and the uh, the song is "Ancient Words uh, Love." Uh, the uh, the thoughts in this particular song. Please please enjoy uh, Michael W. Smith, "Ancient Words."
And that was Michael W. Smith, uh, Ancient Words. What a, what a thought. That is, uh, I, I really love that particular song. Don't uh, I wish I had the uh, the privilege of being able to compose that uh, that song. Uh, now, look, guys, we do have a, a giveaway uh, for you for you today. Now, uh, this is a real beaut book. In fact, this is probably one of the best books that we've given away in recent times. The book's entitled Grounds for Belief. Now, Grounds for Belief is uh, being written by Ed. Dickinson. Now, Ed Dickinson is a, an American uh, lecturer, but he's able to uh, to teach in a really down to earth uh, fashion. Uh, Times have changed, uh, says the uh, preface. It's not your daddy's world anymore. Today we live in a decentralized, media dominated, postmodern world. Uh, the internet enables the exchange of ideas and information unimagined by previous generations. Facts and opinions bombard us via email cell phones, iPods, satellite TV. Uh, we're more electronically connected than ever before, but more of us feel isolated and lacking in close friends than ever before. Is there such a thing as truth anymore? Can we tell who is telling the truth? Ed Dickinson he believed we can. Uh, he specialises in making Christianity accessible to contemporary audiences. Like the Apostle Paul, he says, I'd rather say five words that everyone can understand uh, than say 10,000 words that sounds like gibberish. Uh, you know, I really appreciate Ed Dickinson has got some absolutely wonderful material. Now, this is this book, uh, Grounds for Belief. We're happy to, to give this book to you as our gift to you. Uh, look, if you would like this uh, this particular book... Uh, all you need to do is to text us. Now, our text number is 04-888-808-11. Now, that number again is 4 888 Now, look, all you need to do is just uh, send to us the code SA for South Australia 18, SA18. And uh, that will connect you to our uh, to our super friendly robot. I love our, our little bot there. Um, bot uh, will, will contact you and he'll ask you for the information that we need to be able to get this information, this uh, this book to you in the fastest uh, possible way. So uh, to contact our, our bot, just text us here 04888 and just uh, text us the code uh, SA18 uh, and you'll come to really love uh, that uh, that particular book. Uh, also, look, if you've got any any comments or questions that you'd like to ask about uh, about our, our program today, please feel free also to uh, to send us a text. Don't, please don't ring. That's a text-only number. Uh, please text us uh, on that same number, 04888 and uh, we'll get back to you uh, in the fastest uh, in the fastest possible way. You're listening to uh, Faith FM Drive Time, big Q&A with uh, Pastor Gary. Today our co-host is Lindy Sperring. Now, Lindy is the prayer ministries leader, the women's ministries leader, the resource centre manager, and a few other other jobs thrown in as well for the Seventh-day Adventist Church here in South Oz. And she does an absolutely fantastic job. She's greatly appreciated. And folks, look, if you happen to be here in Adelaide and you'd like to hear uh, Lindy preach, then why not come over uh, to our church at Brighton uh, 
this uh, uh, this weekend. Now, uh, Lindy will be preaching at 11 a.m. on Saturday morning, Amelia Street, Hove, and uh, uh, and she'd love to be. Just introduce yourself to her. Uh, she'll be the lady who, who's preaching, and I believe you'll greatly appreciate what uh, Lindy's actually got to got to share. So, uh, uh, if you need the more details on that, uh, please just text us, uh, and uh, we'll get that uh, get that information uh, uh, to you. Um, all right, let's come to uh, to our discussion today. Uh, we've got a subject today that I, I just have to admit, uh, to me, uh, has blown the minds of so many people. What impact has culture had on the church's understanding of sin and salvation? Just a little while ago, the uh, um, the American organization called it uh, called the American um, launched the American Worldview Inventory 2020. Now, this is an annual survey that estimates how many adults actually have a biblical worldview and how they're viewing the world in which they're living. Now, um, the one of the, the conclusions that George Barner, uh, who actually sponsors and, and, and organises this, uh, this survey, one of his conclusions, one of his final comments went in this way. If you step back and look at the big picture painted by all the outcomes in this research project, it seems to suggest that people are in an anything-goes mindset when it comes to faith, morals, values and lifestyle, Barner commented. Um, People appear to be creating unique, highly customised worldviews based on their feelings, their experiences, opportunities, rather than working within the boundaries of a comprehensive, time-tested, consistent worldview. Now, that, that conclusion, Lindy, really jumped out at me because to me it really said something that to me is... Um, is really challenging to those of us who certainly uh, work and live uh, and and minister within a Christian environment. Now, um, Lindy, this this survey you've had a chance to have a look at it. What's it? What was it saying to you? Well, it's a little bit concerning, I think, because it seems to be telling us that the world view and the church view, whereas at one time they were perhaps more similar, are now very dissimilar. And the world's view on life is impacting the church. And and, and this is something we would have expected, but I think what some of us have actually not come to to realise is the extent to which this um uh the secular worldview is actually impacting the uh the thoughts and un- and biblical understanding of practicing christian people well that's true and if you think about our laws for example maybe i'm getting a bit of ahead of ourselves here but the laws that we have here in australia are based on biblical principles mm. and commandments mm. and so you know we've got this we've got this Foundation, if you like, that's been laid, particularly in America, they, for the last 200 years, and it says in this, in this survey, so what I think for the last 200 years, actually, no, it says it in a different one, that people, um, Christianity gained more conversions in America over the last 200 years than any other faith, but at the same time, it steadily lost influence. So within those 200 years of America's history, and it was settled by Christians, we know, came over by ship from England, they have, yes, many people have been converted, but their whole attitude and their whole uh, foundation and their whole impact from the church 
has lost its influence on society. And certainly that's something that we are sent, well, I'm certainly sensing here in Australia today. You know, there was certainly a time when uh, Christian leaders generally would be consulted uh, certainly on the moral issues of the day. Um, they may not have been uh, consulted on the, you know, the big financial issues, but certainly on the moral issues of the day, government certainly would never have gone ahead um, without consulting with, you know, the key religious leaders. And yet I'm so conscious now that we're actually getting legislation that's actually being passed, really significant legislation, mm. um, where there is actually very little consultation. You know, I think of here in, uh, in South Australia, Australian even this this uh, this horrendous abortion legislation that uh, you know and how that was able to go through through Parliament is a total mystery to me. Well, that that's true, and you know so, some of what this survey brings out too that is quite concerning to me is that a lot more people, and this probably ties in with what you're just talking about, but a lot more people are, f- are believing that they can earn their way to heaven. That it's that they need to do certain things. That okay. Now, what we're doing now, just so everyone's aware. Now, this is really important because uh, what we're actually doing now is coming to the actual uh, survey. Now, um, the uh, this worldview survey was actually uh, released in a. Ten different installments, I think it was, separated by about two weeks, and each installment dealt with different uh, different subjects. Now, uh, this particular installment that we're uh, we're dealing with today uh, was uh, actually release number eight, and it was regarding people's views of sin and salvation. Now, of course, this is really key to the Christian Church. Now, um, uh, what what was it, Lindy, that really jumped out at you on that subject? Well, I think that what bothers me the most about this report is that there is obviously within society there's this attitude that if you're a good person and you do good things and I had someone say that to me this week Mm -hmm. you know they were quite angry God's got a lot to answer for this person said and they said you know I think all that matters is if you're a good person and you do good things I thought you I think you've missed the whole point here you've missed the whole point and so there's a there's a lot of people in society that believe they can, by certain works, by certain behaviours, and I think they also believe that inherently we are good people. Now, 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 let's just pick up on that particular one because that was certainly something that did come through in this uh, in this particular uh, survey. That uh, certainly the vast majority of church attending people, and we're talking church attending people now, when they are surveyed and uh, the, the survey, the interviewers spoke to them, what they revealed was that they felt that people were good people. Now, is there something wrong with that? Well, there is if you believe, want to believe what God says in the Bible, because in Romans 3.23 it says, All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And in Jeremiah, it talks about, in Jeremiah 17.9, that the heart is deceitful. That doesn't sound like we're good, Pastor Gary. That sounds like we're actually sinners in need of a saviour. Yeah, yeah. Look, that, that passage in, uh, in, uh, uh, Jeremiah is actually, to me, is particularly, uh, significant. It's actually Jeremiah 17, 9. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked, but who can know it? Do you know, you know, Lindy, to me, that, that sounds incredibly negative, however. I mean, isn't that negative? It's very negative, but it's the truth and the state of us 
because we are separated from God, because we chose to sin against God, that is how our state is. Okay. In God's okay. eyes. He sees us. He knows that we are dust. He knows that we are sinful. He knows that we are, you know, we like to think, Pastor Gary, that, that we're pretty good. Yeah. That we do nice things. But even when we do something nice, often our motivation underneath that is selfishness. Well, well, I suppose to me, the classic illustration is that, uh, you know, we, uh, uh, you know, we're kind and, and loving, certainly to our, to our families, to our children, you know, but Christ actually pointed out and said, hey, even the heathen actually do exactly the same thing. And <laughs> what, um, what I think this is actually talking about is, you know, hey, uh, to me, you know, I'm driving down the road and uh, somebody cuts in front of me and uh, uh, and then puts his hand out the window and gives me a wave with a particular finger that is not you know particularly appreciated um, what's my response to that well that's a good question and you could talk to my husband about his response when he's driving and I think that that the response to when people treat us like that is is a challenge for us as Christians because in our own humanness we want to respond a certain way but 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 it isn't that really doesn't it, it, at a time like that, doesn't that actually reveal what is actually in our heart? Absolutely, it does. And we might be able to practice some self-discipline. But if we want to have a different attitude towards somebody, then we need to ask, seek, knock and have the Holy Spirit in us. And, you know, that's a different topic for a different day. With this report, Pastor Gary, there's a few things that concern me as well. I just want to go back yeah, yeah, to yeah, yeah. it. says there's no... Absolute moral truth. A lot of people are saying there's no absolute moral truth in the world today, and that is impacting the church. And yet there is. Jesus says, I am the way and the truth and the life. And, of course, this is the difference between the uh, the, the secular worldview and the uh, and the bib- what I call the biblical worldview. You know, I mean, the secular worldview is increasingly saying exactly that, that there is no ultimate moral truth, whereas biblically we turn around and we say, hey, wait a moment, that's not what the scriptures are actually saying. That's right, and I think sometimes we've dumbed down a little bit what we believe for a whole lot of reasons, and so culture is affecting the church. There and we're are, talking about the church generally here, not just the, the Seventh-day Adventist church. We're talking about the church generally yeah, across yeah, the world yeah. and all and Christian churches. Christian churches, about. yeah. Yep. Yes. Uh, there's a lot of people who think that right and wrong is determined by factors other than the Bible. This is what this report says as well. What's what's actually the problem with that, Lindy? Because you know, hey, you know, uh, I mean, right and wrong is determined by factors other than the Bible. Now, is there a real problem with that? I think that there is. I think that right and wrong needs to be determined by the Creator who created us and by the Ten Commandments as a basis. Mm. And I know that a lot of people see the Ten Commandments, thou shalt not, thou shalt not. I like to see it, and I think this is when you start to walk with the Holy Spirit and you really love Jesus, it's, you know, I want to be like this. I want to serve God. I Mm. want to not steal. I want to, you know, you do those things because you love the Lord You want to do those things. And as I said before, our laws, our Australian laws are based on these commandments. And if we didn't have it, we'd have anarchy. 
You, you know, I really like the analogy that you actually used used before this analogy of relationship, because uh, you know it's it's so so easy to say, look, you know, uh, thou shalt do this and that and that. You know, if I want to be in a relation, you actually don't need to tell a person who is in relationship with someone that these are the things that you ought to be doing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and in fact, to me, the thing that I like is, uh, in fact, probably one of becoming one of my favorite passages in Scripture is uh, Paul in Philippians chapter 2 where he says, let this mind be in you that is also in Christ Jesus. Uh, You know, to me, that's an incredibly beautiful thought because if in fact the mind of Christ is being offered to me, it means I can think differently. Mm -hmm. To me, this is really beautiful. And it's a real challenge, I think, to this survey that you're bringing to us. Well, there's so many things in the survey we could we could talk for hours, but it also talks about that um, a lot of adults don't believe that they need to share their faith with others, that they should just keep quiet uh, to share, not to share their religious beliefs. And I think, and, and this is becoming actually more common today, isn't it, it Lindy? Is. Because you know the reality is is that uh, you know people certainly don't want to be seen to be Bible bashing. You know, they're certainly not wanting to impact uh, others and uh, impact others negatively uh, whereas to me you know I find so often people are actually just waiting uh, for an invitation mm-hmm. they are and I think also there are other people that are feeling that all face of equal value you know I've heard this expressed so much in society whereas probably years ago you wouldn't you would have thought, no, the the real faith is a Christian faith to a large yeah, degree, yeah, obviously yeah, not amongst Muslim yeah. societies. But there's there's all these contrasts and I think that we as a church need to be, you know, we need to be aware. I, I remember a funny little story about a pastor. He didn't want to offend his wealthy congregation. So this is what he said to them. Dear brethren, I'll try to put on that voice, yeah. unless you consider repenting in a measure and be a bit converted, as it were, you will possibly, I regret to say, be damned to some extent. You know, like, it's not preaching the gospel. He's going, he's not saying it too harsh or too black and white because he doesn't want to offend his wealthy congregation. Well, if you think about it, we're actually living in a world now where offence is actually taken uh, at the mildest statement. You know, I I certainly remember when I was growing up, my, uh, you know, coming home from school and crying and, uh, you know, the boys were calling me names and uh, my mother's response was, sticks and stones will break your bones but names will never hurt you go away and that was their response us to me and uh, I, I learned that uh, hey when they were uh, calling me names that uh, that couldn't hurt me move on and uh, you know uh, toughen up and uh, you know to me I, I'd sort of look at that and I say hey you know um, was there some wisdom in what mum was actually saying. Yeah, should they have been saying what they were saying? No, they, they shouldn't have been. Uh, but, um, it, you know, to me, she was giving me a method to be able to deal, uh, with sure. that which was, um, that which was really quite, quite unreasonable. You know, to me, the thing I'm so conscious of is that, Lindy, it's only when I actually change the heart of an individual, it's when the Holy Spirit changes a person's heart, mm-hmm. that at that particular time, are they able to, uh, start to, to speak graciously, you know, without changing a person's heart, mm-hmm. gracious speech. Is actually impossible. Absolutely, absolutely, and 
Uh, another little thing I just wanted to share. Lily, look, let's just stop there if we can. All right. Um, it is, has come time to some music. So, look, let's come to – this is uh, Heritage. I, I love uh, this particular uh, song. This is uh, Heritage. Uh, no More Night. Uh, please enjoy. Uh, Heritage Singers, uh, No More Night.
And that was Heritage uh, singers No More Night and uh, uh, love uh, the thoughts of, uh, of that particular song. And uh, aren't I looking forward to the day when indeed there will be a No More Night uh, when the Saviour uh, does uh, does come uh, to change this uh, this entire uh, this entire world? Our free gift for you today, just uh, just to remind you again, is that uh, book Grounds for Belief. Now, this is written by Ed Dickinson, and uh, it talks about the world in which we live. Are there solid grounds for belief? And uh, Ed is a, is a fantastic uh, Christian teacher. Uh, he talks uh, simply. Uh, little theology and uh, uh, lots of practice. Uh, so uh, please, if you'd like the uh, the book uh, Grounds for Belief, uh, please just text us at uh, 04 888 That number again is 04 888 And just all you need to do is to just uh, text us the code SA for South Australia uh, 1818 and uh, uh, our robot will uh, will contact you. He's a super friendly robot and uh, he'll uh, ask you for your details uh, so that we can get that book to you in the fastest possible manner. Uh, you're listening to Faith FM Drive Time. Big Q&A with uh, Pastor Gary. Today our co-host is uh, Lindy Sperring and Lindy's the prayer ministries leader, the women's ministries leader and the resource centre manager for the Seventh-day Adventist Church here in uh, in South Oz and it is fantastic to have uh, Lindy with us in the studio today. She does such a wonderful, uh, wonderful job and don't, don't forget, if you are in Adelaide and you'd like to hear Lindy uh, preach this, uh, this Saturday, 11 o'clock at the Brighton Seventh-day Adventist Church, Amelia uh, Street Hove. Uh, Lindy will actually be be sharing the message of the of the day. And uh, please, if you come, please uh, feel free to come up and introduce yourself to Lindy. She'd love uh, to be able to to meet you. Uh, now, Lindy, look, let's come back to our our subject uh, for today. Uh, this uh, week, we're talking the Bible and contemporary world religious trends. And today, we're asking what impact has culture had on the church's understanding of sin. And and salvation. Now, look, uh, we've picked up uh, quite a bit of material from uh, this uh, uh, worldview uh, inventory that was done uh, by Dr. Christian Barner um, over in Dr. George Barner uh, over in uh, the Arizona Christian uh, University. Um, but look, I'm just wondering on this entire this entire question how how have you how did you come? To Jesus Christ. Uh, I mean, this is a, uh, this is a, you know, I know this is a big question and I know we're starting to run out of time, but look, you know, I'm conscious that sometimes our, our personal experience of some of the best examples that we can possibly give as to how a person does come uh, to Jesus Christ. We've noticed that in our world today, uh, the Christian church generally is downplaying sin and uh, downplaying the place even of Jesus Christ. Um, and yet you came to salvation. What was your experience? I suppose for some of us who've grown up in Christian homes or I grew up in a Seventh-day Adventist home, my family chose to leave the church and to break up and I stayed in the church and I felt that it was like a family for me. So it, it was something that I really gravitated towards. But I came to understand, Pastor Gary, that I had this great need inside of me. I had this hole inside of me. I had this... So even while you were attending church, yes. you felt that there was a hole inside of you? Yes, 
There was something missing. Okay. And even while I was attending church, I was looking in all sorts of areas to find this fulfillment. And then I realized it could only come through Jesus Christ. Okay. How did that realization come to you? As a teenager, it was Pastor Bruce Price baptized me. That okay. was sort of the first step. I will remember Pastor Bruce Price. He was a he was a powerful preacher uh, and uh, uh, certainly knew how to present the gospel. He did, he did, and so he did Bible studies with me, and then I was baptized. But it was really only the beginning of the journey, Pastor Gary. Other pastors impacted my life, and like Bob Possingham and Tony Campbell. There's so many pastors that have blessed me and impacted my life. But then later on. I still realized I was looking everywhere but where I really needed to look and I needed to realize my great need and I needed to surrender my life to Christ. Mm. Say, Lord, fill me. And I came to understand, you know, when the disciples wanted to learn about prayer, Jesus told them to ask, seek and knock. Mm-hmm. Ask, seek and knock. And I needed to ask, seek and knock. That's that's actually something that is so, so significant. You know, that just that little journey. I mean, I've had the privilege of leading quite numerous people through that particular journey. And, you know, it's amazing the trend and transition that can actually happen in a person's life almost overnight. Uh, you know, uh, they start to think in a different way. Uh, you know, I, I think of, um, uh, you know, and, uh, you know, when we come to the scriptures, I think of, you know, Romans chapter 5. For when we were still without strength in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. I, I To me, I think that here there's actually an assumption. The assumption is, is that I am actually an ungodly person. And I know in my own experience, you know, it's when I, I came, came to understand that, hey, I was actually a, Thing, a person called a sinner. Uh, you know, in this particular passage, what we have is Paul describes us as ungodly. You know, I'm not naturally good. Naturally, I react uh, to when I'm driving down the road and uh, someone cuts me off. The natural reaction is to respond in a way that, hey, is certainly not, not Christian. But, you know, when Jesus is actually in my heart, what I find is that it actually cuts off those reactions Absolutely. before the day even begins. Absolutely, and it goes on in Romans to say, but God demonstrates his own love toward us. He comes looking for us in that while we were still sinners, while you and I were still sinners, Christ died for us and we are justified by his blood. Now, that's a beautiful thought because, you know, what it's saying to me is that there may be, you know, some of our listeners, because I'm really conscious that, you know, we have uh, listeners who, you know, come from various backgrounds, you know, um, you know, they ask questions like, you know, can God accept somebody like me? You know, Lindy, how would you respond? Well, he can accept any of us, doesn't matter what our background is. And I think some people stop and fall short of making that decision because they think that they've been in too bad a place, that God won't accept them, that they can never change. Yeah. And guess what? They can't, not in their own strength. I yeah. know because I tried. Yeah. We can only change in Christ's strength. And he offers us this grace, and it's not just grace for us to save us. It's also grace that we reach out to others and share. Yeah. And this is where the church is so important in society today. 
All around there are people anxious and worried and we have such a beautiful message to share with them. This concept of grace, this healing grace, this trust and faith in God. Yeah, and people don't actually realise. You know, so often I hear people, you know, sort of say, oh, you know, uh, I suppose push the Christian church actually to one side as being of very little value. But uh, to me, the changes in lives that I've actually seen, I, I turn around and say, I, I am eternally grateful that the Lord called me into Christian ministry. It has been such an, an incredible blessing now for more than, uh, well, for almost 40, uh, 40 years. But look, Lindy, I'm just wondering, how would you feel about praying? Just now, I'm thinking particularly for people who may be uh, maybe struggling, who might be wanting to accept Jesus into their heart right now. Would you pray for that particular person right now? I certainly will. Thank you, gracious heavenly Father, Lord of heaven and earth. You're an amazing God, and there may be someone listening today that their heart is touched by the message, or their heart is calling out to you. And I pray, Father, that you will draw close to this person right now, that you will shine your light of truth into their lives, that you will open their spiritual eyes so that they can see Jesus, who just loves them so much, that he's not willing that any should perish, that if he says, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men to me. In other words, he is just wanting so much to draw people to himself. So I pray for whoever's listening, I pray that your heart will be opened, that your eyes will be opened, and that you will invite Jesus into your life. Invite him in and ask him to dwell in you and to transform you so that you become a disciple and you can bring healing and peace and love to others through Christ. That is my prayer this evening in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen and amen. Well, friends, it it does look like our time is up for today. Thank you so much for joining Pastor Gary and Lindy Sparing on Drive Time. Big Q&A. Please join us tomorrow when Pastor Fabiano and Pastor Hugh Heenan will look at the question, has culture changed the church's view of truth? This is a really big question. This is one uh, that uh, uh, that so many people are, are asking. We really look forward to being with you. But until then, please remember Christ said, I'm leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart, and the peace I give isn't like the peace that the world gives. So don't be troubled or afraid. May our God richly bless you. This program has been made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio. 